You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the Internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone out there. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It is Thursday, November the 18th, 2010, or should I say Thursday, November the 18th, 2010. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-SEO. Dave, welcome back to the show. How you doing, brother? I am doing, uh, you know, absolutely fantastically. I, I cannot complain at all. It's a beautiful day out, and uh, you know we're we're doing a show. So really, what what could make it a better day than that? Oh, oh and I'm being treated the, to a free uh, lunch the after the show. Knowledge that uh, next week is Thanksgiving uh, in in the United States, and that we have a four day weekend coming up. How's that sound? Okay, okay. Next Thursday will be even better than this Thursday, but this Thursday is pretty awesome. I guess that's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You know you know what follows next Thursday. Cyber Monday, Black Monday, the day that like um, everyone lets their fingers do the flying and gets their Christmas shopping done all at once, um, preferably at one of my clients, but at some fine internet retailer out there. Well, it, and, and yeah, I've always found that, I guess, you know, you're, you're Canadian, I'm Canadian, so we don't have that, quite that same association. Like when, when you think Thanksgiving, what do you think of? I'm thinking Turkey. I'm thinking full belly. Um, you know, I'm thinking family, hearth, home. You know, all that sort of stuff. But yeah, it's 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 really interesting. Um, you know, it, getting into the into the SEO world, um, and then all of a sudden realizing, oh no, Thanksgiving actually means a big parade and Christmas shopping. <laughs> that's 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 what this is. This sort of sparks um, certainly in the e-commerce world. So. Um, it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens, and I know you'll probably be watching, I'm probably going to be watching, we'll probably talk endlessly uh, about the flurry of statistics that will be coming out you know, shortly after Thanksgiving um, regarding, you know, here's what's happening to, to e-commerce and, and, and uh, holiday shopping um, trends and, and stuff like that versus last year. I'm predicting, um, you know, that it'll be, it'll be up significantly over last year. Um, and that's just a guess, and, and I think it, and, and disagree with me if, if, if you do, um, but I have a hunch that with the economy going, you know, sort of down, I think more and more people are going to be going, I've already kind of seen it, more and more people are going online for the deals there, so I have a feeling that, uh, that online e-tailers are going to do, going to fare quite well this, this holiday season. Well, I'm inclined to, I'm inclined to agree with you. Um... Just for our American audience, just so you all know, we do have Thanksgiving here in Canada, but we celebrate it at a more sensible time of the year when it's warm enough to go for a walk after supper. Um, <laughs> aside from where Dave's living, the rest of Canada is actually pretty damn cold right about now. 
Um, where I am in Toronto, it's about 40 degrees outside, um, which is terrible. Uh, but this year, we know actually American spending is actually up in the last two months. Um, although the spending tends to be coming from credit. So I agree with you, Dave. We're going to see an excellent Cyber Monday. And I'm a little bit curious what's going to happen in January and February when the credit card bills start coming in. Right. Um, but, yeah, prepare for uh, SEOs out there. Prepare for uh, a busy a busy week next week as you get your sites ready for um, – for, for Cyber Monday, uh, webmasters and uh, IT professionals, check the server, dude. Make sure it can handle yeah. it's, um, what, what is hopefully going to be a very heavy load. It yeah, is no, that's, that's, a... Um, uh, it's been an interesting week in, um, in search marketing. Uh, before we go any further, I just want to let people know that we have um, Alan Kinnick, um, co-author of The Last Original Idea. He's, uh, he's going to be our guest coming on at the bottom of the hour at about uh, 30 minutes after the hour. Before we jump into that, um, strange week in, uh, in, in the search world. Have, uh, first thing I want to jump to, um, Barry Schwartz over at SEO Roundtable asked a great question this morning. And I'm going to ask it to you, Dave. What's the best SEO advice you've ever received? Um, you know, I, I, I actually, and this is going to sound odd, but I'll bet a lot of our, our listeners have heard it. I've heard it a, a couple times. Um, but it was, it was back probably about five years ago or so, um, and I was in a panic. It had just started Beanstalk. Um, things were going pretty well, and I just had this client, and I was like, what? The, the, what the hell is going on here? Like, I just couldn't figure it out. Just couldn't figure it out. I'd done everything I could think of to get this client ranking. Just couldn't. Um, so I, I sent off a, an email to Robin Nobles, I'm sure you know her, um, and said, please, for the love of God, like, I'm happy to pay you here. Is there something I'm missing? Like, everything is here. Look at his competitors. Look at him. Uh, and the advice I got was, you already know that you've, you've done, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically you've already done what you you know you need to do here just hang tight <laughs> these things take time and and i fell into that same trap many people do i panicked like three weeks later right like done it it should work and and three weeks later i'm panicking sure enough hold tight couple months later worked out well and i've held on to to that thought and i've given that advice many times since is if you react too fast you change what was working you just didn't give it enough time to work yet, um, and 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 so that was probably probably some of uh, some of the best advice um, I'd say I've been given is is take a grain of patience. Don't wait forever, but have a bit of patience. Absolutely. Um, I, actually, I replied to Barry's question um, over at SEO Roundtable, and I'm going to throw the link up in the chat room in case anybody else wants to reply to it. Mine was simple. It comes straight from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Don't panic. Under any circumstances, things are going to change. Things are going to be bouncy. The algorithms will change. Google will start looking at uh, at new factors. Help, maybe Google starts producing local results, thus screwing your national e-commerce clients. Don't panic. Uh, that, too, is great advice. Well, yeah, again, some of the best advice I've ever, ever heard. Um Moving forward, I'm just looking at my at the notes of all the things I want to touch before we um, get to Alan at the bottom of the hour, which is only 20 minutes into commercial time away from here. Um, Google introduced a new service yesterday that was actually very useful for one of for one of my newest clients um, called Google Boutiques. Have you had a chance to look at it yet? I I glanced at it. Admittedly, I have not done a massive amount of investigation into it. Just. Every, I'm sure you're aware, and, and a lot of people are. There's other updates going on, and that's where my phone's ringing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, of course, you know, you move to the put out the fire that, that exists right now. But uh, maybe I, I, I have taken a glance, you know, obviously added a little bit and at, at Google's um, announcement of it. Um, but it, it sounds to me that, that you've actually maybe explored it a little, a little deeper than that. What's your take on, on, on what this is? Well, okay, so Google... 
you know how Google allows its employees twenty um, percent of their of their work time as relatively free time, just you know, to go and explore. Um, To, to, to go explore their ideas and to, to, to see um, what they can come up with. Mm-hmm. Google Boutique is an outcrop of that 20% time. Um, what Google has done is taken, it's allowing individual webmasters, um, fashion store owners, consignment store owners, what have you, to upload images of their inventory to a, uh, a large database, think Google Base, mm-hmm. um, and set up virtual boutiques. Now, that's nothing new. Yahoo's done this with Yahoo Shopping. Um, I can think of a dozen different products that, that allow you to set up an online store. What Google does that's different is it uses its algorithm to guide people it, 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 it guides users through a series of questions. Do you like this over that? Do you like uh, one product over another product, one look over another look? And there might be 30 different um, questions it guides you through. As you start selecting the look, fashion, accessories, shoes, whatever, that's of interest to you, Google starts, um, Google looks through its inventory, or the inventory that... Uh, webmasters and boutique owners have uploaded themselves and starts matching products to you to to you know stuff that you may be well you may be interested in at the end of it google's acting as or google boutiques is acting as your fashionista your your style guide and directing you to uh products that um, match either your style criteria or your price criteria. Um, they believe that it's going to change the way people shop for um, apparel, shoes, handbags, etc. online. They may or may not be right, but it's, uh, it's an interesting toy to play with. Um, and again, one of my new clients, I was speaking with them yesterday, um, and if y'all are listening, I believe, looking at the chat room, I see one of you from my new client in there. Um, I really, really, really hope that you guys are playing with Google Boutique. Um, and again, that's boutiques.com. SEOs, if you're working with anyone in you know, selling apparel, selling shirts, uh, selling handbags, whatever, start messing with Google Boutique. I really think you're going to make an impact for your clients. That's, that's some great advice. One thing I'm going to be really interested to see out of this, and it's, it's based on sort of a half the truly half understanding of exactly how their filtering is, is working here will be what kind of image recognition they're using and, and not just what that means here, but what that'll advance into. Absolutely. Uh, but of course, you know, leave it to me to take a great idea to help people shop and, and turn it into a, gee, it's the technology that's more interesting than the result here, but uh, there we are. <laughs> Well, leave it to Google to yeah, leave it to, leave it to Google to take a great idea and to take a sector, um, come up with a piece of technology that is designed to dominate that sector. Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, Lindsay SEO asks, "Is Google Boutique available outside of the U.S.?" Honestly, I don't know at this moment, Lindsay. I'm able to uh, to see the website. Um, well, do some experimenting. See, uh, see, see if you can uh, create your own boutique. Um, just got a, I just got a note from Studio. Um, we need to do a little bit of technical work on our phone lines. So uh, this is a fairly good time to take a break here on Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. On behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk-SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's quarter past the hour. Stay tuned. We're coming back with more fun. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. 
Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With certified knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Please hold while we connect you to one of the most sought-after experts in SEO, analytics, and web development. Office Hours with Vanessa Fox, Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Search Engine Optimization Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, November the 18th, 2010. We apologize for those technical gremlins. That's, uh, you know, one of the fun things about live radio is anything can happen. Even if you're not exactly sure what's happening, it's still happening around you. But we're back. Um, and in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by uh, co-author of The Last Original Idea, Alan Kinnick. Um But before we get to that... Uh, Dave, you just established, during our elongated break, you just established your own um, Google Boutiques account, so I guess that kind of says it's available anywhere. It, it does. In fact, it didn't even ask me um, for my location. Now, obviously, in this time, I have not gone in and set up a perfect one. I was just sort of racing through first instincts on, gee, do I like this, do I not? Uh, apparently, by the way, if I dressed like a woman, I would have an edgy fashion sense. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I hadn't gone into everything, but it did let me do it. They do know where I am. I use my account, you know, fixated on that knows the exact location I'm in right now. So, um, so yeah, it all uh, seems to be uh, seems to be working exactly the way uh, it should. <laughs> so, which is. It will let me do it. Thing is, it's referencing mostly outside fashions and stuff like that, so it does make sense. It doesn't matter um, where my location is. But um, if I can take us before we get uh, get Alan in, because uh, this was an interesting thing, uh, interesting launch at Google. I look forward to exploring it a little more, especially now that I already have my own boutique. Um, but we were uh, we touched base really quickly uh, just via IM earlier about one of the more interesting stories from my take on things lately. Also has to do with Google is. Um, ABG, um, antivirus manufacturer or software manufacturer, um, ABG, uh, switching from Yahoo to Google um, for their toolbar search functionality. Um, and obviously some other functionality. I'm sure they have some internal functionalities. Um, what are your thoughts? I find this very, very interesting um, for, for a wide array of, of reasons. But um, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Well, my initial thoughts, and I haven't actually read the, the article um, that you sent over by Doug Caverly from uh, Web Pro News. I, I did just put the link up in the chat room. Um, <laughs> it's a toolbar. I hate toolbars. I really do. I hate Yahoo toolbars. I hate MSN toolbars. And I hate Google toolbars, although I find them in, insanely useful. Um, uh, you know what? I think it's a natural partnership. Um now that Yahoo is out of the search biz and isn't a uh, prime marketable name, um, I can see why why um, AVG would be going and looking for new partners. And what a what a what a partner to choose! Uh, Google's controlling um, sixty eight percent of all searches around the world right now. Um, I'd imagine around sixty to sixty two percent of people around the world type in g o o g l e dot com. When they when they go to do a search, um, my big question about toolbars has always been: What happens with the data collected by that toolbar? What are you doing with it? 
who's who, which third parties have access to that information, um, how much is being collected, etc. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know whether I don't know whether I trust or don't trust AVG as a company. Um, I do know that when their free antivirus software is installed on a computer, it never goes away. It, it, it's, it's, it's almost viral in, it, in its antiviral um, mission, getting right there into your registry and never going away. Um, the way I figure it, I just have, I'm just going to have to watch uh, downloads from Google very carefully to make sure I'm not downloading, I'm not approving download of this toolbar. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what to say about it. It's a natural thing for a, for AVG, um, but I've just avoided uh, Google toolbars as much as I possibly can. You know, and, and, and the thing is, I have to view, all, and I try to every time, all of these things. I have my initial instinct. Will this all of a sudden make me go, gee, I'm going to use the AVG toolbar? Um, at the office, I don't use AVG, but on my home you know, laptop computers and stuff like that, I do. Um, and every time they do a, you know, update, AVG, you know, the toolbar comes in, and first thing I do is go, okay, I'll make this go away. Um, now, was that in part because it was Yahoo, not Google? Maybe. I mean, I don't do my searching on Yahoo anyway, so, I mean, that, that, that sort of became irrelevant. But what's interesting, or, or what I think is important for the likes of you and I, um, is, is that we're not normal, right? And, and most of our listeners aren't normal either. Um, I mean, this can cover a variety of areas, but what I'm referring to is our search patterns and our interaction with our computers and, and our understanding of what Google is doing um, makes it so that we're not your standard users. Would most people, do most people use Google? Sure, we've all seen the market share. So when ABG comes in and has a Yahoo search bar, are people going to use it? Probably not, because they want to use Google. But will they now? Um, and that's what I think will, will become more interesting. And then what impact is that going to have on Google when all of a sudden Google is the choice of a major um, security provider? What is that going to do for Google after that as far as their reputation goes? I mean, they've got a pretty good reputation, but stamping it again, we are secure kind of brand on things, um, I think is fantastic. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. The thing they're really after is just more data, right? We want more and more and more data. So would I use it? Probably not, but I'll bet a lot of people will, and it's going to provide a lot of interesting information to Google. Um, you can bet they're going to have increased access to finding out what sites they shouldn't be displaying. And right now, if you have the ABG toolbar, as I say, I do have it on some of the, some of the, the laptops that I use, um, you will get like a little, okay, we know this site's going to you know, screw over your computer when, when search results come up. Now, Google's going to have direct access to that data, so you're not going to have to... I mean, they already have it to some degree, but they're going to have even more of that data. I think it's going to be a real win scenario for, for Google on both data that they'll be collecting. And I think we're going to start to see more security um, considerations brought into the, into the search results as well. So good for, for not just good for ABG, but I think it's good for sites um, like McAfee, who has the McAfee Secure logo and, and all of that sort of stuff as, as their products. I think it's a, a win for sort of the entire security sector right now to bring our awareness of, of how important this is. Well, indeed, I, I do agree with that. And as you know, I'm pretty big on cybersecurity. Um, it's, a, it's a big bugaboo of mine. Um, one thing I've loved about Google, especially in... Uh, I love the malware warnings that come up in search results if they detect malware on a page. Um, one of the uh, things I, I, I have valued in, in Google's Webmaster Tools is um, malware detection on sites that you're working on. Um, again, it's fairly easy for a half-decent hacker to get into most servers. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, helps the simplest hack of all, uh, URL slash images. Um, so it'll be good. It'll be if, if, if it helps Google help webmasters secure their sites, great. Personally, again, um, it's a toolbar. And, you know, toolbars make me nervous, but I'm old and conservative, and I'd rather type in um, Google.com or Bing.com and do my search directly from the... Uh, from the search engine itself, preferably through a proxy server. Um, that's a, another, another thing, I, before we jump to another topic, um, this toolbar is 
furthering personalization of search results, as, as all toolbars do. Well, I mean, you know, the, the thing is, is everything is these days, right? I mean, that's like, that's like the hallmark of the, of, of the, the you know, Q4 um, of 2010 is, is personalization. I mean, you know, you and I were talking about, I mean, heck, we've, we've both done presentations on this at various uh, strategies conferences and such um, over the years, but I don't think I've ever seen... Uh, you know, it, it's funny. Actually, it's reminding me of, of Cindy Crum and, and her, you know, mobile, mobile. And, and we've been talking about personalization for years now. Um, and then all of a sudden, and pretty much in the same year that mobile blew up, I mean, you could make good arguments that it was starting to last year for sure, but um, the same year that it really, really took off as a, as a commonly accepted browser, um, we end up with personalization, two things that we've been talking about, we've been reading patents about, we've been looking at, watching, playing around with, and then all of a sudden both these technologies just boom through 2010. It, it's really the year of alternative search technologies, and, and the launch of it really is, is what we've seen come up here. Um, well, fantastic. And is there any coincidence in this? Of course not. Um, no. We've been talking on this show, on other webmaster radio shows, in, in uh Articles that we've all written um, in speeches or, or um, presentations we've given at, at conferences about the, the growing influence of both personalization and mobile search. Of course, they go hand in hand with each other. Your mobile device, as you know, to, to paraphrase Cindy Crum, who's the, you know, a show host here on Webmaster Radio, host of Mobile Presence, to paraphrase Cindy, um, your cell phone knows more about you than you do. Um, and that's, again, that's 100% personalization of results. Um, I'm still waiting for the day that my BlackBerry goes off as I walk past um, a, uh, a beer store or walks pa walk past um, a, a liquor store saying, hey, Jim, buy CC. Hey, Jim, you're yeah. almost out of CC. Buy more. And something like that. And um, that's just a matter of time. Um, now, is having personalized search and having your cell phone, your mobile device, inform you of products you need, is that an original idea or is that not an original idea? Because coming up after, we're going to have to take a break here in a, in a few moments on Webcology, but coming up after the break, we have co-author of The Last Original Idea, a sarcastic, a cynics guide to internet marketing, Alan Kinnick, and uh, Dave well, we're at we're at break, and 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 listeners, let's let's put Alan let's 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 put Alan's feet to the fire. Let's think about you know as many original ideas in internet marketing as we can think of, and start throwing them at Alan and see if Alan can you know refute that this is in fact an original idea. Um, friends, you're listening to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the bottom of the hour, thirty minutes after the hour, or thirty minutes to the hour, depending how you want to look at it. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk-SEO. Stay tuned. We're coming back with Alan Kinnick, um, co-author of The Last Original Idea. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for an affiliate network that can package every solution an advertiser or publisher needs in one account? Your one-stop source for full-service solutions is AdMedia.com. AdMedia delivers an incredible lineup of specialized XML feeds for local, social, and search, plus the advertising arsenal of PPC, SEM, contextual, display, and more. AdMedia gives your campaign real visibility, from emailers to domain redirects. AdMedia tailors your all-in-one campaign to give your account a real advantage. AdMedia.com delivers cost-effective ad solutions with real conversions. Learn everything AdMedia can do for you today. Sign up at AdMedia.com. AdMedia. Strong ROI made simple. My.AFCON2010.com My.AFFCON2010.com Your social media source for AFCON2010. The Trade Show, where affiliates always attend for free. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. Check out photos and videos from our past events. Plus, check out our blog and discussion forums. Start socializing today and tell your friends to sign up now at my.afcon2010.com. Sign up today at my.afcon2010.com. 
from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. WebmasterRadio.fm. A service of new gen broadcasting. We're everywhere. Your advertising message is only as effective as your placement. You advertise with WebmasterRadio.fm. From 30-second commercials to 30-minute monthly programs, our team is comparable to any ad agency when it comes to production, placement, and positioning your message to not only the advertising world, but an even bigger audience of our loyal listeners and podcasters. Contact sales at WebmasterRadio.fm for a consultation today. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Catch us Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the search engine optimization channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's Thursday, November the 18th. We are at 25 minutes to the hour, and on the line we have um, new author, Alan Kinnick. Um Alan has just written a cynics guide to internet marketing called The Last Original Idea. Uh, graduate of University of Waterloo, Alan is, uh, well, in 1998 started a consulting firm called, called Connectology, uh, specializing in uh, search marketing, web development, and most importantly, web analytics. Uh, disclosure statement, Alan is one of my partners in, uh, in my new agency, Digital Always Media. But you know what? You're on the radio now, buddy, so partnership <laughs> aside, we're going to put your feet to the fire. Uh, Alan, welcome to, to uh, Webcology on Webmaster Radio. Thank you, Jim. Looking forward to the challenge. Well, you've, uh, you know what? You've presented a great challenge to me. I, uh, you know Lee Evans, social media, ex- uh, social media expert Lee Evans? She goes to this cafe in a place called Limerick, Wawa Cafe in a place called Limerick. And every time I see that come up in her Facebook feed... I'm inspired to write a limerick about Wawa, and I mean, it's, it's, it's an obsessive-compulsive thing. <laughs> I get the same thing, I get the same feeling when I hear that this industry that, you know, I've been involved with for like 15 years and you know, take a little bit of ownership for and such is, has no original ideas in it. So um, I guess before we go any further, what, what is your premise that, well, there is no original ideas in internet marketing? Well, it's not just internet marketing. Uh, my, my history buff from way back when studied economics back in university and learned, you know, the valuable lesson Woodrow Wilson exposed and many people have said since those who don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. And I keep seeing that over the years, and I've been involved in this industry coming into my 16th year now, that we keep repeating the mistakes of previous generations, previous media, and what we're doing. And it's, we have new technology, new tools, and essentially it allows us to do things faster and mess them up at an even quicker rate. And people keep making the same mistakes in the internet space, in the web space, and now in the mobile space, as they made when TV first came out, when radio first came out, even to a certain extent when print came out. And we don't we keep thinking as marketers that, wow, we have a new tool. We have email. We can we can exploit that to our benefit. It's a short-term gain, and it'll blow up in our face because we make the same mistake we did when you know, postal rates dropped and we could use traditional mail for marketing. Uh, perhaps. However, um, email marketing has proven to be a successful marketing channel. If you have a uh, 5 or 6% open rate and then a 2% click rate, um, after that, it's considered a very strong campaign. It doesn't, um, mean, it doesn't mean things are not going to work. My mailbox is still filled with traditional print marketing material. People wouldn't be doing it if it didn't work. But how many people have put spam filters on? How many people have, you know, the ISPs have complained about, you know, swamping of email and all the software that had to go in because there were no regulations put in unlike with uh, traditional mail where you throw it in a blue box or you put a note there to your postal worker don't deliver you know junk mail to me we then had to go and invest in technology to thwart the dimension of spam so yes marketing strategies still work and good 
marketing messages are what work. You can't just throw something out there and see. And that's part of the premises. Yes, email marketing works, but the growing trend now, especially amongst uh, from a couple studies have been out, those basically under 25 are abandoning email in droves, preferring to go to instant messaging, partially because it takes too long to filter through all the garbage in their inbox. So we have to be prepared for things such as that nature. Using email for marketing is no different than doing traditional uh, postal mail, just a faster way to deliver it. What worked in the past will still work. Now, wouldn't wouldn't some argue? I mean, I, I read a great book just just to reference it by uh, by Mike Moran um, called "Do It Wrong Quickly." Now, might the entire premise, though, of, of what you're touching on, the speed, um, and of course, you know, in, in internet marketing, one of the big you know, perks to it is the analytics that we can pull in. Might that, or might it not be that that speed, the access to the speed, and the and the collection of the analytics, might that not be what differentiates? Um, internet marketing and the rules that apply in internet marketing versus traditional media in that I can do anything and I can do anything because I'll know within two days whether it worked and then I can do that thing again. Like in, in referencing email marketing, for, for example, here. Oh, we can get a very referencing email, referencing things. banner advertising. Yes, banner advertising was no different than putting up billboards. Yes, we were measured. We, so, we, yes, we have some better analytic tools for measuring the success. Uh, I always go back to the 1920s, 1930s when we talk about banner advertising with Bur the, and it's highlighted in my book, the Burma Shave Campaign. This was a company that was almost going out of business, limited market. They put up a series of billboards and all of a sudden sales shot through the roof. And they started doing their analytics. They tested swapping out billboard signs, playing with height of signs, colors, that they were, of their painted signs, and they did their analytics by going to the nearest stores that carry their product and measuring the increase in sales or decrease over a given period of time. Yes, we can do it faster, but it doesn't mean analytics is an original idea. People have been measuring things since uh, I did a conference address, and you know, since Noah had to count the animals going on the ark. So analytics aren't new; we just have better tools that allow us to do it faster. It's not a new concept. Okay, going down a slightly different tangent then, just to, to, to challenge the point further, um, which I, I hope you take it in, in the right sense. I'm doing this in a fun way. Um, oh, so am I. I enjoy it. One could argue, say, Facebook. I, I know what your, your, your response there would be. Well, you know, we've taken just traditional going, you know, door-to-door, -door, actually meeting human beings and, and taken it into the offline. But Twitter, what would you say is, before Twitter, what was it? Um, in a traditional, is it not an original idea? Uh, I'm going back to, I've been in this industry for too long, I'm going back to internet relay chat, where we were sending little text messages back and forth into fine little cleat groups. And if you go back even further, yes, we're, we, ha we can expand our audience with it, and really you have to be really geeky with your dial-up modem to get into the IRC chats back in the early 90s and late 80s, and, but we had community bulletin boards that people were posting messages. People were posting little commentary in Usenet groups, which I was using back in the mid-80s. And be before that, yes, slipping notes in school. <laughs> so the concept of sending a little short burst of a message is not a new concept. And even Morse code, when you had to pay per letter and you weren't restricted to 140 characters, people started coming up with uh, truncations to say a word. So even Morse code, when we all think, ooh, we got cool with text messaging, look at this short form I can, rolling on the floor laughing, R-O-L-F, with well, a equivalent, you know, in the 1800s for use of Morse code. Okay, so, Alan, um, to, to, I guess to, to paraphrase uh, uh, the introduction in your book, um, basically you're saying all ideas are variations on a theme. Inclu on a, on a pre-made or pre-thought theme, including the internet itself. Um, you start with the premise, um, and you, you come from, a, from a, a, a religious space. Adam was God's last original idea. Eve was just a pretty variation on a pre-thought theme. Um, now, you use a number of religious references uh, throughout your book. Do you draw inspiration from religion, and are there parallels between religion and internet marketing? Uh... 
being a somewhat religious person and historian and loving the stories of the Bible, yes, I draw a lot of inspiration and just my knowledge of there, when I see things happening, I say, wow, this is just like it was written, whether you, know, you believe in the stories or you think they are just stories. The analogies, the morals, uh, the lessons are there. And yes, I draw a lot of inspiration from it. Uh, you know, Adam, if you take the concept of Adam or you know Darwin's theory of evolution, and I'm a big supporter of evolution, everything was a variation designed to meet a new need. And that's how we've evolved. Technology, Berners-Lee looked at some concepts of SGML and somebody's con I can't remember his name off the top of my head, who had a plan for mechanizing linking between microfilms and microfiche. And he says, well, with SGML, I can actually make that happen. And boom, we have the web. So even Berners-Lee never said he came up with something original. He just saw how he could use new technology to work on a theme from 30 years earlier. So, I mean, uh, it, with, in your book, you uh, liken banner ads to Roman graffiti. Correct. You see the Dewey Decimal System as a precursor to Google. Case drawings as a precursor to Twitter. Now, you also make a quote from, Gary Al from philosopher Gary Allens. Yes. Um, there are three kinds of death in the world. There's heart death, there's brain death, and there's being off the network. Now, to uh, stay with the religious theme, isn't being off the network kind of like being in hell? Uh, for many of us, it is. Uh, every year, I try to take a vacation where I go to some place where I'll be camping with no electricity, no access to cell phones. And in some ways, for the first, I'd say, 12 hours, it seems like hell. I can't check my email. I've I got to send a tweet out. But after 24 hours, I think you find you might be in heaven. So it's, it depends on your... <laughs> After a while, when you come back on the grid, you go, oh, i got to deal with all these emails now. Oh, i got to be online 24 hours a day. Now that might be hell. <laughs> so it all depends on a perspective. Well, let's, let's jump back to some of these um, you know, pieces of history. Um, in, the, uh, in 1994, a law firm in Los Angeles sent out a mass email address or sent out a mass email to everyone on their contact list about their law services. This was considered the first case of email spam. Yes. Now, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on a limb here, and uh, I'm just going to assume that you're going to say that's not the first case of spam in the world. What would you well, suggest the first recorded case of spam is? Well, we may not have been called spam. That may be the first blast of email spam, but I saw it in the days of Usenet groups where people were trying to draw attention to what they were doing and were doing multiple cross posts that had nothing to do with the subject matter. And we don't have to look any further than our mailbox when direct mail pieces started getting, you know, filling that up with more than traditional mail. So you know, marketers have been spamming us for years. We just didn't call it spam. We called it unsolicited mail. Okay. So, now, um, another form of spam that comes to me very frequently is telephone solicitors. Um, I'm going. I'm, I, I've, I've met your kids. Actually, I, I, I met both of them at your book launch um, on Monday night um, at the Royal York Hotel. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Your kids, um, both under age uh, 15, one of whom is under age 10. Would using the telephone to them be sort of an original idea? And are original ideas generational? Uh, I think generations, or I even say even less than generations, tend to forget the past. I talk to many people now who still don't understand why I have a landline. To them, that is an archaic. You know, mobile is the future. It's a new idea. And that is going to be the future. So, yes, there are some ideas to my kids you know, they've grown up in, uh, my kids all have websites the day they were born, and they have their own domains, and have, e you know, e their own personal email addresses and everything. So, to them, there are no original ideas in that respect either. So, I'm not quite sure, but telephone, yes, when Alexander Graham Bell creates the telephone, and we've exploited it to this extent, did he envision what we're doing right now? Hard to say. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, well, on the same theme, 
you address online news. And, yes, and uh, what's evolved over the years. And what's evolved over the years. Now, one of the things that's evolved is specific interest-based news gathering. Um, a internet user doesn't need to get a general spread of news. They just get what interests them. A, has that ever been done in the past? Has it ever been done before? And B, is that going to affect the way we have ideas? Well, the answer is, of course it's been done before. That's why there are so many specialty news magazines. So here in Canada, we have Maclean's if you only want a Canadian news perspective. If you were only interested in the sports news, you have magazines like Sports Illustrated that went to fill that particular void. So people have been seeking that for a long time. So that, and that concept is not new. It's the ease of access which has changed. And the opportunities to get it delivered to you as a SMS message on your cell phone, as an RSS feed on your laptop, whatever way you want it, or going to Google or Yahoo News and doing your appropriate searches. So yes, it's going to change, and I'm, I'm a, I don't like the concept, that we get to block out what we don't care about, and whether that is world politics, uh, national politics, national news, you know, happenings in the world, we're going to be able to put real big blinders on, and that, I have a scary feeling, is going to really start affecting how people perceive what's going on around them, and really just tune out important information that should be affecting them on a, on a daily basis. A uh, quote uh, from the e-commerce section of your book, um, and I, I think this actually is, is, is should give uh, heart to online marketers, reads, every time history repeats itself, the price goes up. Yes, it How, does. Now, in the world of e-commerce, um, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, shopping carts, decision engines, shopping engines. And the uh, you know various ways that we as marketers um, br try to bring our products to public attention. I'm not going to press you to uh, suggest that there's any new ideas there. I mean, you're, you're just going to go back to Burma Shave and Jingles. But um, <laughs> how do marketers? How should marketers look at you know what previous generations of of marketers have done or advertisers have done to uh, incorporate those old ideas? into new innovative ways of marketing? Well, I think as marketers and with the successful campaigns that I've run for clients and I've learned these lessons the hard way by having a few blow up in my face as well, we have to go back and look at what the new technology is replacing and figure out what worked and didn't work for our target audience on the previous technology and then just using the new technology, implement it. So coupons have been a mainstay of marketing community you know, since, you know, probably since the printing press. Offering coupons on your cell phone is still an effective marketing mechanism if you can know which coupons work for which products and services. They don't work for all products and services. So just blanketing a user, in this example, with coupons every time they walk in front of a store because you can geolocate them, is probably going to create another form of spam and create a backlash. So we have to learn how to deliver the right coupon to the right client, as you pointed out uh, earlier in your show, but walking in front of a beer store and them saying you're out of beer or the liquor store and it's time to go buy some CC. So, and if you got a coupon saying, hey, it's time for CC and here's, say, $5 on your bottle, you're more likely to act on it. And that is Not an Ontario, friend. Not an Ontario. Uh, not in Ontario. <laughs> in the United States, maybe. But understanding that it is that opportunity to target, which is something marketers have desired and have been trying to do for years, but the technology is evolving and understanding that it's not just targeting, but it's targeting at the right time the user so it's not deemed as spam, and then we will have programs on our cell phones that say stop all coupons and that type of situation. I uh, know I'm going to jump in. I, I, I've got to, I'm going to change offside tangent here, but but one, I'm interested to hear how you're going to tie to um, pre-existing uh, technologies, uh, an idea that I would argue is fairly original in its origin. Um, the, the idea of cloud computing. Now, 
it in and of itself, one could say that this is, you know, just shared spreadsheets. But that first instant where the person, where, where somebody, it occurred to somebody that multi-locations, um, we need to be able to share this thing. We all need to be able to hit it. This you know, Pen and paper, that never worked. So it was something unique to the computer world. Um, that first instant when they went, okay, and we can create this thing called a cloud computing. We'll all share the same thing, multi-locations. We can go in, share the same document. What did that steal from before that that makes it an unoriginal idea, that first person who came up with the idea that we can do this, technology will allow us to do it? Well, I don't know about you, but I remember having to fly to business meetings across country so that we all could sit in front of the same chalkboard or whiteboard and brainstorm and go up there and draw and cross out and develop a singular document with a secretary or somebody taking notes in the room who then would type them up and share them with us. So, yes, I'm not saying that all technology is bad. Someone looked at that and said, this is insane. Let's start, you know, creating Word documents and let's create version sharing. And there were some software tools uh, that were out there that allowed version control and mutual collaboration. And we took that and made it better by putting it up on the cloud. And the central file repositories before the internet existed. I worked in companies, we stored all our files on a central computer. And so whoever worked on them brought them up. And we could do version sharing, and it was manual. So yes, the fact that we can automate the process is fantastic, but it's existed. I'm sorry, and then we go back to floppy disk days where we had this storeroom with you know cabinets of floppy disks, which replaced cabinets and cabinets of paper, di paper files. So we go back. Okay, Alan. I wanted to. I wanted to put your feet to the fire. We haven't been able to come up with a uh, original idea from internet marketing. It feels like April fifteenth, two thousand, all over again. Um, uh, for 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 users who don't know their his or listeners who don't know their history, that was the day that the dot bomb crisis happened when people figured out that AOL really shouldn't have purchased Time Warner for that much money. Um, Alan. Your book doesn't cost nearly as much as AOL paid for Time Warner. Um, how can people get a hold of it? Uh, it's currently available on Amazon.com, Amazon.c, all the Amazons, I guess. Barnes & Noble is planning on listing it shortly. Uh, there's a list. If they go to the book's website at www.thelastoriginalidea.com, and there's an order, and it'll show you all the online stores where it can be bought. And I challenge your listeners... We are running a contest with thousands of dollars worth of prizes. I'm not going to go through all the uh, sponsors. Let them put what they think their last, the last original idea in marketing was as a submission. And we're going to have a global vote on it and see what people say. So I encourage people to check out the contest, enter it, and check out the where to order the book from. Okay, friends. Alan, thank you so much for spending time with us here on Webcology today. Friends, stay tuned to webmasterradio.fm. Coming up directly after Webcology, we have... Affiliate Marketing Insider, uh, Debbie Bookstaver, is going to be doing a preview of AFCON 2010 in Miami. After that, we have, um, well, we have Vanessa Fox coming on with Office Hours and a whole bunch of amazing content here on Webmaster Radio. On behalf of uh, Dave Davis from Beanstalk SEO, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. We will not be here next week in, uh, in uh, commemoration of a four-day weekend called Thanksgiving, but we will be back the week after. Have a safe Thanksgiving, friends. Fly safely, drive safely, be well. We love you. Talk to you in a couple weeks.